0: Wow, Madison, I I can't believe you forgot about the medical leave part. Like you totally blacked that out of your entire life. Like I less, know. Like maybe I should do the same.
1: Completely, I I didn't even include it in my email to you. Like I literally, I literally forgot about it. I didn't want to go back to that time. I guess
0: it's just crazy because it felt like quarantine basically, because it was basically quarantine. So everything happens for a reason. That's that's all I got to say. Everything happens for a reason.
1: Hey everyone and welcome back to Meander with Maddie. This is a podcast about pathways where I speak with guests of all shapes, stages, and ages to share where they were headed, the crossroads they faced, and the path they're now meandering. Firstly, I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who is listening, especially if it's for the second time. I really appreciate the feedback on episode one. I hope you enjoyed this one just as much and I think you're in for a really good one. I'm sorry this wasn't released last week. Unfortunately, COVID got the best of me. I hope my voice is isn't too raspy or coffee during this intro, but thankfully I got this interview done before COVID hit. So this is the only raspiness in this episode for now. Um, secondly, I have to say I'm not always a huge fan of starting off a podcast with a soundbite, but that one was just too good. It was gold for me and Steph and you'll understand why in a bit. Um, today I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephanie Bogle about her pursuing her MSW, which is a master's in social work, and I can't introduce Stephanie without sharing that she is my cousin. But not just my cousin, she is my person. She knows me better than anyone. She is one of the most important people in my life, and anyone who knows me knows Stephanie. But that's not why I had her on today at all. I wanted to tell Stephanie's story on the podcast because her story is so emblematic of the types of stories I'm hoping to tell where you set out on a goal or journey, things transpire, change your route, try to knock you off course, and you pivot. You keep going. But it's more than just a never give up kind of mentality. It's continuing on an unconventional path and learning even more because of that. I won't spoil it all, but Stephanie has gone through a lot in her journey to higher education. In total, she has attended four different schools, obtained three degrees, and is still in process towards her end goal of her MSW. Along the way, there was also two leaves of absence, which she details in the episode, and her reasoning on this journey is her love for social work and her desire to help those struggling with addiction, as it's a subject that is close to home for our family and for Stephanie in particular, and again, we touch upon all of these things in the next hour. I could go on and on about how great I think my cousin is, how good I think this interview is, but I will let you be the judge. And last notes, I think the audio is a bit clearer and better on this episode than the last, but the volumes might differ as we didn't record in person and I had a mic and she didn't. So I'm still learning these tech aspects and futzing around with it all, but I really appreciate your patience. And without further ado, let's meander with Stephanie to her MSW. All right. Well, welcome in Stephanie, my beautiful cousin. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. I already did a little bit of an intro of you and what we'll be talking about, but if you just want to describe yourself in your own words, where you call home, what you do, whether it's work, fun, school, obviously we're going to be talking a lot about that, but whatever you would like to share with our listeners in your own words. So,
0: first of all, Madison, thank you so much for wanting me to be here and feeling like I don't know, I just it's it's an honor to be a part of this. Honestly, and I know this has been something you've been wanting to do for so long, so I just want to say I'm proud of you for finally accomplishing a goal that you wanted to for so long and letting me be a part of it. Thank you. A little bit about me is I'm from Long Island, New York. And I am um, a graduate student at Adelphi University. I'm going to get my MSW. And I am currently working in the field as a substance abuse consultant. Um, A little bit of what I do for fun. I like to be on the beach. I love that the weather's getting nicer. And I'm only like 15 minutes from the beach. I'm looking forward for summer. It's been a rough semester.
1: Yeah, I don't care how long I've been living in Florida for, there's nothing like a Long Island summer. So it does not yes. matter that the rest of the months here are sunny and beautiful. Nothing compares to a Long Island summer. So you've a lot to look forward to.
0: Yes. And I've been to Tampa and I love Tampa, but Long Island summers are where so it's where it's at.
1: <laughs> So let's just dive right in. I mean, again, we know what we're talking about, we know what we're focusing on, and this is a big reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, just because school's not been easy. And I don't just mean, obviously, the academics, we know that school is tough, but you have had all the obstacles thrown in your way when it comes to pursuing your future education, your higher education. So let's bring it back to 2014, when you were graduating high- (laughs) Just put yourself in a little time machine. When we were both graduating high school, what was going on then? What were you thinking about when it came to your future? You know, a lot of students just automatically think, okay, college. But what did that really look like for you when it came to your senior year of high school? What were you planning for?
0: Wow. That's a loaded question, Madison. (laughs) Um, But back then, I wanted to do theater really badly. Um, I was in... The plays all my life from sixth grade on to senior year. Um, and I just knew in my head that that wasn't realistic. It's still something I wanted to do. So I want to say that like it took me a really long time to really figure that out. And also being a first generation college student, my parents knew nothing about applying for school and loans and how to afford school and all that. So it was just the assumption that I will be going to community college come senior year. I did apply for away schools. I applied for SUNY a uh, SUNY Purchase. And I think those are the only two schools I applied for because I kind of applied really late because senior year was a really different time. I was in a relationship that wasn't really the best relationship on both ends. And so, that kind of made me want to stay home more. Also, my mom was struggling with addiction, so that made me want to stay home more as well. Um, I was kind of hesitant to leave home. So, I never really thought, as much as I, I applied to away schools, knowing that I'm probably not going to go to those away schools. And Oniata, I didn't even get into because I didn't have a good SAT scores. Purchase, I got waitlisted, and then I got in last minute. And then I... Remember having a meeting with a guidance counselor my senior year with my parents, and my dad came, and my dad knew nothing, and he was automatically like, "She's can't we can't afford to take her away to school. She can't afford private schools. We can't afford anything." The my guidance counselor at the time said that you know she can go to community college. She has great grades. She doesn't really know exactly what her major, she wants to major in anyways, because I didn't. As much as I knew I liked musical theater and psychology and I had some ideas, I didn't really know. So I, I thought that was a smart idea, and now looking back on it, it was definitely a smart idea to go to community college. So I then went to NASA after Amityville, but I definitely was upset that I didn't get to go away. You... <laughs> Got to go away and you and our other cousin Emily got to go to the same school and I remember watching you guys go away to college and me kind of sitting back like oh, if only I tried harder and applied earlier and worked harder to get better grades on my SATs and all that but at the end of the day I made a good decision for myself and financially my parents at the time really couldn't support me to go away to the state schools or their private schools um, so, yeah, that's what got me to NASA.
1: Well, that was awesome. There's a lot that we could unpack there. I mean, just starting out, as you mentioned, being a first-gen college student, obstacle number one, like you said, FAFSA, CSS Profile, the Common App, just all these different forms that you need to submit and not having anyone necessarily walk you through it. And you mentioned your guidance counselor. Sometimes students are get lucky and the guidance counselor can really step in where their parents can't, but... Often those counselors have a huge caseload and it's no fault of their own. Was that the case at your school?
0: Yeah. And she was also so pregnant. Oh wow. At the end. So I think she was way beyond her caseload. And she was really sweet to me, you know, she was a great guidance counselor, but, and I remember the meeting being so quick, and after the meeting, just being so disappointed that it went so quick, because I really was hoping, like you said, that she would maybe intervene more with my parents, but I think because she was so overwhelmed, there was never really a conversation of what I, what my other options would be.
1: Yeah, which is tough, right? You don't know what you don't know, and that's a big Like fork in the road of life, where you do need someone who knows what they're doing to kind of best guide you. How did your experience compare to that of your peers and your friends, and how did that make you feel? Because we went to very different schools. For those who need a little bit of context, the town I was at, and it sucks to say it, but this is just the truth. The perspective on going to Nassau Community College was like, oh, just trash, like bottom of the barrel. Just you couldn't do anything else. You're going to NCC. Which is terrible, because it's one of the best community colleges in the country, especially for certain programs. Whereas for your school, I don't want to make assumptions, but I feel like there was probably a better attitude about going to NCC. And for some people, I mean, that's a really, you know, something that they strive for and that they really work towards. And at my school, it was just kind of seen as your absolute last resort if you couldn't get into any other schools so, our experiences might vary just with our initial perspective on it, but you did mention a little bit that just comparing it to people who went away to school, yes, how did you so, feel?
0: Definitely. So going back about like how you're saying we came from different towns and how our schools were different, um, there were people in my school that definitely saw it as like the thirteenth grade is what they would call it where it's not so much you're you're just, you know, getting your jet ends in, which there's really nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. Honestly, it's so smart to get your jet ends in because you just spend so much money if you really don't know what you want to do on a four-year college. And that's kind of how my parents were describing it, how the guidance counselor described it. But yeah, I definitely felt it because not so much around me, though, because none of my friends really went away to school. Like, my best friend stayed and went to Stony Brook. So I didn't really feel it I didn't I didn't really feel it that much except for when it came to seeing like my family members who went away to school. And then later on in life seeing my sister go away to school in twenty sixteen and then looking at that and saying to myself, Wow, I really didn't get the opportunity to dorm and she was in a sorority and like joined those clubs i didn't really get to have that opportunity and i'm sure we'll talk about that more i felt like when i was seeing my other peers go away like a little sad but i think there was a lot of other things going on in my life at the time that i was okay with staying home like i didn't have my driver's license yet you know i didn't have a first job yet uh i didn't really have money of my own that i was making so there was a lot of unfinished things, I think, that I wanted to do while I was home. And I think the convenience of going to school benefited me. And I also, my mom, I was nervous to leave. So I think I was okay with being home. I really do.
1: How would you describe your time at Nassau?
0: Honestly, it was two years. I made two really, really good friends there. But, you know, it's your typical community college. Everyone's just there to for the same reason. It's really difficult to make friends. I was really lucky to make really two good friends there. I learned a lot, but it gave me an idea that I like psychology. I took a lot of psych courses at NASA, like so many. (laughs) Every semester I was taking a psychology course. I did some dance classes. I finally was in choir again, so I had my little singing Back into my life, which made me feel good. I got my driver's license, finally, which I thought I would never get. My time at Nassau really was a growing period, I would say. I think I did a lot of growth there. Yeah,
1: sounds very formative.
0: I needed to figure out what I wanted to do, and I didn't fully figure that out for even years after that, but like, it made me feel better about not going away. It made me feel better about saving money, the fact that I, and I also got a job. Staying home, It took me like literally a semester and I was like, I don't have money. I need to get a job. And I applied for a supermarket job and got the call that day for an interview and got the job that day and worked there for five years after that. And that job I made more friends and um, met different people and it was, a, it was a good time of my life I think. I think going to Nassau was a good idea. And I keep saying that because it was, and I, and I don't regret it. I'm happy it's done, too, though, because I had to take public transportation, and I hated it because I didn't drive right away. It was a great experience, I think. I think everything happens for a reason. I really do.
1: And then leaving Nassau, so you have the job, you have some friends, you had some good experiences, but obviously community college, it's two years, it's pretty quick. Take your gen eds, and then it's up. What were you looking to do after that? Were you always thinking of transferring to a four-year, a or were you hoping to maybe do something with your associates? Where was your head at leaving Nassau?
0: So I never. I always wanted to get my bachelor's. I always wanted to go higher up in school. But with that being said, I really thought I wanted to do psychology. I remember sitting for some meetings for schools, and I applied for away schools as well because I still had that itch inside of me that I wanted to go away. And this is around the time. My sister went away to school 2016. I was ending my time at Nassau, and that's why. When, when I was applying to school, she was going away. So I applied for away schools as well. I applied for Binghamton and Stony Brook and Hunter College, I believe, all for psychology. And I think I applied for a minor in musical theater at one time. And I didn't get into Hunter, but I got into Binghamton and Stony Brook. And it was between Binghamton and Stony Brook for a while. Um, and then... I just kept going back and forth with the fact that at the time I was twenty one years old. I never really was into partying anyways. You know, I didn't really drink until I was twenty two to be honest. But at twenty one I never I didn't really see the reason for me to go away. Like I thought I really was thinking logistically about how much money would be for me to dorm and it didn't seem necessary. So I ended up going to Stody Brook. And that's what made me choose Stody Brook. And also my best friend being there helped me uh, feel more comfortable as well but it's crazy to say that I chose Stony Brook because I remember being in high school and saying to my aunt Kathy that I never want to go to Stony Brook I don't like science schools I don't like science I don't want to go there and the fact that I went there and still decided to go there I remember aunt Kathy Madison Wright she was so <laughs> happy that I was going there so happy I'm not gonna crap on it but I'm
1: a little bit of context there our aunt was a nurse at our medical center hospital and stony brook for anyone who doesn't know is a state university in new york but it's a very very large school upwards of maybe thirty thousand students i would say and just a a big stem school again a huge medical school hospital uh, research center just really heavy on the sciences and while you were interested in psychology you maybe didn't end up going – well, you didn't end up going that route. Let's just, no, let's just say just that. Let's just say that. So <laughs> what happened at Stony Brook?
0: Okay, Stony Brook was a time in my life, as Madison is well aware of. Um, Stony Brook, I knew I did not want to go there, and I still went. And I remember sitting in my first class in my first orientation with an open mind, and I was excited to start on my new journey. And I was like, I could do this, you know – I have my friend my best friend and I'm not alone here and I was a new driver so I was commuting an hour away every day so that was a little much for me as well but I think it may be a better driver if that makes sense because it gave me more experience and you know commuting there at five days a week basically because um, the program was so weird that I was taking only one class a day so it was still commuting five days a week in the beginning and that's a lot you come home you're exhausted there it was just a big school I felt like a little fish in a big school I felt like just a number nobody knew who I was my my psych class was like 400 kids to a classroom wow which made me want to cry
1: yeah that's crazy
0: cried a lot at my time in Stony Brook um for several reasons (laughs) But yeah, Stony Brook. To be quite honest, I failed out of. Technically, um, they put me on what they called academic probation because I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do the tests. I couldn't sit there. I have testing anxiety. I was going through a lot of stuff personally as well during that. Overall, time. it just
1: wasn't a good fit.
0: No, it was not a good fit. I spent there. I so was two there
1: semesters. Europe.
0: I was there two semesters. I really tried the second semester to get my grades back up. And then I took a summer course that summer to see what else I could do. And I, I did well in that summer course. But it, it just wasn't, like Madison, you said, it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't a fit for me. And God that I did it and I tried it. And, you know, it was a SUNY school, so I didn't waste that much money. <laughs> and some credits transferred over anyway, so I really didn't least that much but you know it was a lot
1: and this is where for lack of better phrasing the story gets interesting right because i wouldn't have you on the podcast if it was just oh i went to community college and then i transferred to a four-year university and i got my degree like that happens all the time the transfer rate as a higher ed professional now myself in this country is a lot higher than people think Um, Fun fact that I learned this over the past year or so is that 50% of bachelor's degrees conferred in the United States had students who attained those go to two schools, and a quarter went to more than two schools. Wow. So I think it's more common, or I know now that it's more common than people realize, but I don't think those stories get told as often, and again, just more so the reasons why that's the case. So just recapping- You had a lot of obstacles being first gen and just your family situation and what you could afford to do and logistically do not having a license at that time and then did well at Nassau, graduated, but now this other school is complete opposite, other end of the spectrum, totally unprepared for it. And not saying that, you know, Nassau didn't prepare you well, but it's like-
0: It's ridiculous.
1: But going from a class at Nassau to a 400 psychology lecture, Stony Brook. Mm Mm-hmm. Very different learning environments is what it boils down to. So what did you think after that chapter had ended, after that year of Stony Brook? And I'm sure, you know, it takes a lot to talk about it too, right? Because Stephanie of 20, what was that, 2016, 2017? 2017,
0: 2017 when I um, went on academic probation from Stony Brook, yeah.
1: Would not think five years later, okay, this is something I'm able to talk about and talk about and record and not feel shame about it anymore no and 2017
0: at the going on that academic probation I I did so well in high school I always got good grades honor society in high school I was top 25 percent of my class in high school and then that's how I did really well too I'm pretty sure I graduated with like a 3.6 or something so failing out of Stony Brook did a really bad number on my mental health and also being in a bad relationship at the time and dealing with another of other personal things in my life that were going on in 2017 really, really um, made me, I don't know how to put it in a way without sounding sad, <laughs> but I was, I would say I was depressed. It really was. I Yeah,
1: it was tough. You don't have to sugarcoat it.
0: Yeah. So it was a really tough time and I didn't really know what I wanted. And I, I couldn't go back to Stony Brook because it would have taken me a really long time to get my GPA back to where it was. There was a lot of things that I had to do to get it back. And I went back and forth and back and forth to decide if I, what I was going to do. And I kind of was forced to take a break. I really had no other choice. And I remember crying to my parents, crying to even you, crying to everybody in my life. I did not know what to do. At this point, I knew that substance abuse counselor was always something in my mind that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to work in addiction. And I did take a class in Nassau about addiction. And in that class I took, summer of 2017, Stony Brook was a sociology addiction course. And I did really well in that course. And so I was going back and forth, and I'm pretty sure that professor in that class was the one that sent me a link for Suffolk's program for chemical dependency counseling. And I wasn't really ready to look at it that summer. I was really depressed of 2017 until about, I don't know, October, November was when I was starting to make decisions of going, uh, maybe even earlier September, um, the decision to go back to school.
1: But deciding to go back, starting the term, Spring 2018.
0: Started the term uh, January 2018, yes. So, basically, I knew I had this connection to Suffolk. I didn't really know how to go about applying, and then I applied. You know, during that break, I just worked at the grocery store and was really sad. <laughs> um, but when I found out that I can go back to school, it really boosted me and my mood and the way I felt about myself and my self-esteem. And it made me really feel good about doing something I really, really wanted. I always knew I wanted to be an addiction somehow, some way. I always wanted to help people somehow, some way. And finding this program was like the light at the end of the tunnel for me for real. Um and I started January of twenty eight. So describe
1: the program at Suffolk a little bit. Like you said, it's a chemical dependency counselor program. Really awesome that your professor thought of you and sent you that. I didn't know that part of the story as much as I thought I did. So how long was this program? What did it entail for those who don't know Suffolk is a uh, Suffolk Community College, so Nassau Community College or Suffolk Community College. So from this point, you went from you know small to medium community college and then to a huge four year state university back to the community college setting of similar size. so it was probably going back to somewhat of a familiar landscape. Would you say? How would you kind of describe the program and your experience there?
0: Yes, Suffolk was similar um in, in terms of like it being like the same type of environment but at Suffolk it was different because I was only in classes and I only needed to take classes for that specific program so I was with people that were like-minded like me so it it was an opportunity for me to make friends and grow and network and honestly I best decision I ever made was to go and get that associate's degree. I know it's two associate's degrees, and people always tell me, well, Stephanie, why do you have two associate's degrees? <laughs> um, but you know what? I don't care. Um, basically, with this associate's degree, though, I can sit for what they call the k exam. That's a licensure in New York state that it allows you to work in OASIS-certified uh, programs and be an addiction counselor. Best decision I've ever made was to go to that school and the people I met there and the professors that taught me, best experience. I have no regrets, no complaints about Suffolk at all, only good words about that school and about that program.
1: That's so awesome. Would you say a lot of your classmates had a similar experience you did where somehow in their life were impacted by addiction and by substance abuse and that's what made them pursue that program? Yes.
0: Um, that program actually you had to, one of the rules was you had to have at least three, I think three or two years in recovery. Because a lot of people that want to become addiction counselors are in recovery themselves, or like me, love somebody or know somebody that is in recovery or is struggling with addiction. So yes, that is the main theme. You know, my best friend um, in the program was in recovery for like four years and is still now in recovery, so let's clap for her um I think she has like six years or something which is amazing um and she is you know has her master's degree but anyway yeah a lot of like-minded people we all had the same commonality of either knowing somebody or being in recovery ourselves or just you know having that passion of wanting to uh fight for something that people don't think is a disease but it is so I think a lot of that was you know the commonality of that program and
1: so at this point like we said you went to nassau you went to stony brook now you're at suffolk you have two associates like you mentioned which is just you know why not just extra degrees for fun i honestly went to suffolk Um,
0: for free so it's okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's all good and one thing we didn't really touch about as much so far is you're working while you're going to school so you're working at the grocery store And now this is a good four and a half years or so into your journey in education. Yes, I
0: actually got promoted at the grocery store when I was on my break from between Stony Brook and Suffolk, and they gave me Mm -hmm. a promotion. And so, yeah, I was working there with the promotion. And that was a lot, though, because I was doing that and working. And then at the towards the end of the program, I needed to do an internship. So I was. Basically working full time and going to school full time, um, which is the story of my life now, as you'll learn. <laughs> it was a lot to do, but I was grateful for the flexible schedules and you know they paid decently. But you know working retail sucks. People aren't the nicest to you. Management wasn't always nice either. I don't recommend it if you don't have to do it.
1: <laughs> it's a tough balance: school, work, internships. And we haven't even touched upon, you know, just personal relationships and friendships. You're still a person at the end of the day, outside of all of these responsibilities and obligations. So how would you describe just the work-life balance of someone navigating all these different programs?
0: Well, I think that you really need to find self-care and I truly.
1: And if I could stop you there, too, let's emphasize, like we just said, your program is dealing with some heavy stuff. Yeah. So it's a cliche, I know, to ask someone about work-life balance in any scenario. We all have it, we all have to figure it out. But the work that you're doing is very emotionally intensive and could weigh on you.
0: And another thing to add at the time is, I did start therapy right before I went to Suffolk. And I stayed in therapy pretty much my whole time at Suffolk. Actually, I would say my whole time at Suffolk, I was in therapy. And it really did help. And they always say, you know, the, the rule of thumb for therapists is that you have good your own good therapist. And it's just so true because you really need to be taking care of yourself, whether that's, you know, going for walks, which I would try to do that. I would, in, if I was having a hard day at school, um, I would go outside campus and take a walk or I would hang out outside. Hanging out with friends was helpful. Um, I did a lot of that. Making those friends at Stony uh, Suffolk, I'm sorry, I was was able to hang out with them, study with them, and do things with them, and it really did help having those friendships of people who are also stressed out and doing the same thing as me. My best friend at the time at Suffolk, you know, was also working and interning and going to school and, you know, was also in recovery and dealing with that at the same time. I can only imagine um, people who struggle with with mental health or substance, substance abuse because, you know, that's another whole other battle on top of the battle of life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then finishing Suffolk, we're still not done. We have one more school we got to go to. You are still on your quest to get your bachelor's at the end of the day. Like you said, that's very important for you to attain. So two associates, quick little detour at Stony Brook but you're still looking forward to receiving your bachelor's. Who helped you find Adelphi University, where you ended up going? Was that something you researched on your own and found? How did you land on that program? What exactly were you looking for? So here's the thing,
0: just to give a little background real quick. I wasn't sure coming out of Suffolk that I wanted to go back to school right away. I thought maybe I was going to sit for the licensing exam, for the KSAC license exam right away and work at the same time. That kind of happened. I did get that job. A, a job. Um, it wasn't the best job. And the my internship at Suffolk my last semester, I had counselors there that went to Adelphi, and she got her bachelor's and her master's at Adelphi. And she was recommending, you know, if you're going to get your bachelor's in something, um, you might as well just get it in social work. Um, if this, if counseling is something that you want to do and social work is something that you want to do, it's best to just get both degrees that way instead of going and finishing your psychology degree, which was an idea of what I thought I was going to do eventually, was just finish the psych degree. I, I wasn't really sure though, because I applied coming out of Suffolk. I did apply to, um, a school called Old Westbury on Long Island, and it's a SUNY school as well. And I applied to finish the psych degree. So I wasn't completely sure coming out of Suffolk what I wanted to do either, if I wanted to go back to school right away or not. So then I got into Adelphi last minute come the end of the summer. It really took me a really long time to make my decision. I kept asking everyone in my life what they think I should do, getting advice, and really didn't know. I also got into LIU with a scholarship. So it was between that and Adelphi. And then finally... I just love the Delphi's program. They were going to offer me the Accelerator program, which basically was me getting a bachelor's and a master's in a matter of three years. Um, and that kind of sold me. Taking grad courses in my undergrad sold me. Um, it's a beautiful school. And, you know, I just, I knew it was a private school and I was really scared about the pricing. But I, I just kind of said, screw it. I'm going to go here because... Gonna look great on my resume. I'm gonna have both degrees in three years, and yeah. So I applied and I got in, and I went um, fall of 2019, but that's a whole mess. Medicine, I don't know if <laughs> you're
1: I'm already smiling because anyone hears anything, anything prior to 2020, and your ears you know perk up a little bit, right? So you, you, like all of us did, you had no idea what was in store in terms of your learning environment again changing so now you're at a private university medium smallish size but everything goes online within six months of you starting school
0: Madison, and that's not what happened to me though don't you
1: remember what happened what am i missing oh oh my god guys another twist in this story that i'm forgetting about dear lord stephanie <sighs>
0: Madison, you're my person and you don't know the most like dramatic thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. Okay, now I'm being dramatic, but
1: No, I'm keeping my mistake in I'm not editing this out because this just goes to show that there's so many as they as they say, there's layers to this. And I forgot and I blocked this out. So why don't you go ahead and tell the story of what happened once you started Delphi so, that fall of twenty nineteen? Fall of twenty
0: nineteen I swear to God that the universe knew Stephanie needed a break. She needed a break. She was not going to take one, though, because she just wanted to get her damn degrees. And I didn't listen to nobody, or I didn't listen to my heart, I should say. My heart was telling me to literally relax, and my brain was like, no, you can't relax. You don't, are not allowed to. Yeah. Um. So I didn't relax, and I went right to from Suffolk to Adelphi. And within a week into Adelphi, um, I had a seizure. So, I was also working a job in my field. I was So, I was working a job in my field. I was working the grocery store job, and I was going to Adelphi, and I was doing an internship. Okay? I had the seizure in September of 2019, literally, like, five days after my birthday, ten days after my birthday. And it basically put a pause on my entire life. I wasn't allowed to drive for three months, and I've had seizures in the past, um wasn't allowed to drive for three months. I was put on medication. It put me again into a um, bad mental health place because I had to literally stop everything. Of course. But yeah, I couldn't do my internship because it was all the way, it was like 45 minutes away. There was no way for me to get there. And because I couldn't do the internship, I couldn't do school because I had to do both together because that's how the program worked. So I had to stop school. And this was prior to 2020, so nothing was virtual yet. So they couldn't offer me
1: virtual. Exactly. That's such a key point here that I would love to stick on for a second. A year from now, you would have to do everything online, not even six months from then, you'd have to do everything online. And I know that was a huge point of contention for you, and rightfully so, because here you are, fall of 2019, with an explicit medical reason as to why you could not continue the course and the program and the way that it's set up, that... Has no flexibility for students like yourself who would fall into any sort of situation that would prevent them for a legitimate reason for doing so. And then six months later, and we're all expected to just buckle down and do it all from our bedrooms, as you did and went on to do.
0: Yes, it's crazy to think about. I've had I did have one professor offer me to Skype me into her class, but like that was the only thing I was offered. And honestly, I was really upset. I really did not want to take the medical leave. Um, but the director of the program at the time was, is literally a doll and I'm obsessed with her. She was amazing. (laughs) And she was like, Stephanie, what is a year in the grand scheme of your life? You know, you're going to look back at this year and say, okay, I rested. I did this. I did that. And I needed it. And she also pointed out that, you know, sometimes you take a break and you need that reset time and you come back and you do so well. And if you were to continue on to school, you know, you might not do as well as you would if you took the break. And that really, you know, set a light bulb in my head and, you know, made me realize that, you know, I need to just take a break. But that being said, I was still really upset about it. Um, But I just worked at the grocery store the whole time um, and took care of my health. Lots of doctor's visits, lots of testing, medication, getting used to the medication. Um, which was you know trials and tribulations of being put on a medication you've never been on before. I'm sure did not do the best for my mental health as well. But yeah, so I worked, and then the pandemic happens, and then I worked pretty much the whole pandemic until about the end of April, and then I stopped working because it got really scary for everybody. Because I worked at a grocery store, so I was the a, an essential worker and um it got really scary everyone around me at work was getting COVID and my parents were like Stephanie no and I was like yeah no <laughs> so I took a break from everything for like three months from April to June for April to July I don't think I went back to the grocery store until July of 2020.
1: And when did you restart your program at Adelphi? Uh fall of
0: 2020 so September, August, of t- And that was fully virtual. Everything was virtual. Even the internship was virtual.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, so it was a year-long break. What was it like going back to school and having it all online?
0: I think it was a little, it was weird. It really didn't feel like I was really going back to school at first. It was kind of weird. Never really did the online. I took like one or two online classes prior to that in my entire life. So I didn't really know how to what to expect with the Zoom classes. That was definitely a learning period for me. But truly, I I, I think I enjoyed it. Because being able to just time manage on my own time and being one spot was honestly helpful to me. I did really well with the online classes. I got 4.0 both semesters with the online school format. And I think it was just because I was... Time managing on my own, and also it was a pandemic. I wasn't doing anything other than working. Yeah. So I put my all into my schooling, into my internship when it was online because it didn't feel like. Also, the waste of time of commuting. Hmm. So there was a lot of pros and cons to both in person and virtual school, but I I did enjoy it for sure. I, you know, it was a little weird and. Not being able to network and make friends as well as you could in person was a little sad, but, you know, it was okay. I It wasn't bad.
1: Well, happy to share, after all of that, at Adelphi, even the huge moment I forgot about somehow, you did receive your bachelor's very recently. Yes. It has been not even, what, two, three weeks at this point? Yeah. Lots of congratulations there. How would you recap these past few years in the program and just talk a little bit about how you felt at your commencement?
0: This semester was the first time that we were in person, so I got to meet every all these faces that I knew online for the last year, two years uh, in person. So that was nice. Um, making friends as well, you know, again. Uh, I, I, the program, honestly getting your bachelor's in social work people no one really does that um most people get their bachelor's in psychology or sociology and then they get their master's in social Mm -hmm. work but you really learn so many different things like they heighten self-care so heavily um all the core competencies are really just covered so well being able to be in in the fields is amazing my internship this year was also virtual, but it was at a substance abuse agency, which was awesome. I got to um, have my own caseload of clients and have individual telehealth sessions with them, which is a great experience. So I really think, and my first internship was at a food pantry, so that was also interesting. But I really think the program really shapes you and makes you and gets you ready for the master's, whereas if you were just to go into your master's, I don't think I would feel as prepared as I am now to go into the field after only two years of my MSW. I don't think I would feel as prepared. And also the opportunity to take grad courses in your undergrad, because grad courses are so much money. Um, so getting to pay the undergrad fee for <laughs> a few grad classes was nice.
1: Well, someone get Adelphi admissions on the phone, because you're just selling this program. It sounds awesome. I'm
0: selling this program to them because... You know, there's been some falls there, like the field department ha- needs some work, I'm not going to lie. But with that being said, the professors there are very well tr- very well versed in the fields, and I've had great professors, so I really don't have that many complaints about Adelphi either. But yeah, so I was able to apply for their advanced standing MSW program, which is only a year, and I got in with a scholarship. So I will be going to Adelphi again, but only for a year. Usually your standard MSW is two years. So I'm grateful to only be able to do the year. And that's probably why I'm selling Adelphi so much, because <laughs> um, I think that's amazing.
1: <laughs> and how was commencement? Besides it being four hours long, how was it finally oh, walking across so the stage long. and hearing Bachelor's?
0: The minute they started calling the School of Social Work, it really felt so surreal. I still don't feel like it's real because it, it doesn't feel like I'm done yet. But it was definitely a pivotal moment because it's been something I wanted for so long. So it, it, even two weeks later, it doesn't feel real like I have it. I mean, I don't even have it yet. They're still to it to me, but like... <laughs> But like yeah, I don't feel like it's real. I don't know. I, I it's it's hard to say. It really is hard to say because it took me what seven years to get here, where most people it yeah. takes four. Um. So it, for me, it just feels like a long time coming, and I'm just grateful to be able to go into my next chapter finally, um, and yeah, and getting a, a job in my field.
1: So. As you mentioned working at a grocery store during this time has been nothing short of exhausting at times traumatizing unsafe just between the threat of the pandemic and customers getting really unruly we've all seen these crazy viral videos and you can attest that a lot of those happen often to essential workers throughout this time you were feeling burnt out i would say From this job even though again it got you through a lot of schooling and it was there for you when you needed it what made you kind of look for some other jobs what gave you the confidence that you could get something without your masters and what role did you recently get and start
0: so I wasn't looking for a job that's the funny part I really wasn't I kind of was just like obviously I have indeed and all that so I was just like And LinkedIn, so I, you know, I'm always looking for things. Like, if it pops up on my email or if it pops up on LinkedIn, I'll, like, look at the job or whatever. But I wasn't actively searching by any means, but I was miserable at the retail job. I was flat-out miserable. It would make me want to pull my hair out. Um, I hated having to work till almost 11 p.m. at night. Um, People were nasty and mean and awful, and it was just bad. And working there seven years, too long. I needed a change. But to be honest with you, I really thought I would still be at that job to this day, right now. Until next year, I really thought I would still be hanging on to it. So I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to let go of it. What happened was, um, my school, I guess, they get job postings. And it was posted, or it was sent to my email. Some abuse consultant um, at an agency. And it was listed a BSW student, graduating student, um, these qualifications. And I was basically overqualified for it because I also have the chemical dependency degree. So I was like, I don't know if I should apply. I don't know if I can handle a new job right now, if that's too much. And then my friend was sending it to me at school too, like, this is perfect for you. And everyone around me was telling me, you know what, Stephanie, just send in the resume. What is the worst that could happen if you send in the resume? So I was like, you know what, and I it took me a little bit. I sat on it for like a week, and then I was sitting in class one day, and I wasn't really paying attention, I was like, I'm sending my resume. I'm sending my resume. And literally within two days, she called me, um, my supervisor now, and was like, the first thing she says on the phone was like, first of all, I just want to say congratulations and a process resume for someone who's just graduating with their bachelor's. And I was like, you know, well, I've been doing this for seven (laughs) years, but (laughs) I didn't say that. But I was, you know, definitely flattering to hear that from an employer. And yeah, I didn't really think it was going to work out, but it just happened to work out. And I'm so grateful for it. And there's parts of it that are trying at times and hard at times, obviously, in this field. It's difficult no matter what you do, really. You're going to have difficult times, difficult days, but I'm grateful that I found it, and I'm grateful to be a part of something and finally be in my field and feel like I'm making a difference and really doing something that I love. At the grocery store, I really did feel like time was just going by. So it feels good to be somewhere I've been wanting to be for so long.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so proud of you still with that. Because like I told you, there's nothing wrong with working in retail and especially being a student, trying to balance that all. But it was time because you, like you said, you've been doing it for seven years. You had the chops, so might as well put it to good use. All those internships that you had to bend over backwards to do ended up really helping you with your resume and all your experience. So moving more into the reflection as we kind of wrap up here, what drove you the most to continue with all these obstacles i mean we're looking at four schools academic probation medical leave over several different years i think a lot of people would have given up besides just wanting a bachelor's it's one thing to say well i I just want this degree a lot of people want the degree what did it mean to you beyond just that piece of paper and sticking to what you had set out for
0: that's a really 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 good question and honestly i think I really just needed to believe in myself, which I always struggled with, especially in my younger years. When I was in high school and even younger than that, I always struggled with self-confidence and self-esteem. Obviously, I had my moments where I wanted to give up. I wanted to drop out. I wanted to quit. We all have those moments. I I used to say it every day. You ask my boyfriend, I literally tell him I want to drop out every day. (laughs) Or my friends at school, we always joke, hey, we're dropping out today. But, with that being said, it really does take a lot of inner strength. It, does, it takes more than just wanting something. There has to be passion there, love there, drive there, uh, strength even. I think it really does go deeper for me than just the surface. I think the field that I'm in, obviously, we know won't make as much money, and I hate that freaking mindset that social workers don't make a lot of money. I really hate it, but, you know, everyone, I feel like, is underpaid these days anyways, but I'm not here for the money. I'm not here for that. This field is really important to me and means a lot to me. You know, I just I just know how bad it can be when people are struggling with mental illness um, or mental health or substance abuse or any types of issues, LGBTQ issues, anything, and... I never want people to feel like they're alone, because I know what it's like to feel like you're alone, and so, I don't know, it it really is deeper, like, I I, I just, just, it's not just about wanting a degree, you're right, it really isn't, it's really deeper, it's it's the fact that I knew I had to get these degrees, because it it meant a deeper meaning for me, if that makes sense. It makes
1: complete sense, it makes complete sense, and I knew that you were going to say something along the lines of that, but... The passion in your voice and the way that you just described it, that truly is what carried you through versus someone who might have started just so they could get a job, just so they can make a little bit more money, just so they could check it off the box. Because you don't just do that for that long and overcome that many things without having a bigger purpose behind it. So that was truly, truly beautiful. If you could go back to a younger version of yourself, whether it was high school Stephanie, whether it was Nassau Stephanie, Stony Brook Stephanie, Suffolk Stephanie, Adelphi Stephanie, any stage of your life throughout this journey, what would you tell that version of yourself? And it does not have to be advice. It doesn't have to be, you know, so philosophic. I'm sure you're still gonna say something great and sappy and emotional. It could be, <laughs> but it could be funny. It could just be, oh, you'll never believe this happened, or you know, don't eat that in the calf, or whatever. <laughs> But what would you say to a younger version of yourself and describe, like, which version you're talking to? I don't
0: know, wow. I think I would go back to, like, high school me and just be like, bitch, it's okay. I mean, like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, just feel your feelings. Listen to your friends. Listen to the people that love you because they have your best interests at heart. So listen to them. Maybe take their advice more often um and just be you don't give a shit when anyone else thinks about you don't you know care about everyone else so much care be selfish that's what i tell myself i would tell myself to be selfish for one amen i would because i'm not a i'm not a selfish person so i think i would say to any of the faces of stephanie to just be like bitch be selfish
1: amen i mic drop that's it that's the end i mean that's what (laughs) you needed to hear and i think that's what a lot of people in their 20s generally need to hear but especially individuals like yourself who have that caretaker mentality and have gone through a lot of obstacles and been there for other people that's the time in your life when you can really be there for yourself well i love you and I can't wait for the world to hear this because there's other people out there who need to hear this, that it's important to keep going and that your education is important. And and we can, oh, trust me, we can argue the value of higher education. Again, as someone working in this field, I'm down to have that argument and debate because there's no right path. But if, if you want it and if you want to seek it, there's many different ways to go about it. And- You tried them all on for change, and I can't wait until next year to see you walk across that stage and get your master's degree.
0: that bitch with like eight letters after her name.
1: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did making it. Seriously, this is something I'm going to cherish having recorded with my beloved cousin Steph. If you liked it or took away anything from it in particular, feel free to leave a rating or send me a message on Instagram at meanderwithmaddie. More than that, I would love if you could share this with someone, especially someone who might be going through a hard time achieving their degree. I really think that Stephanie's story would resonate with people in a similar way situation, especially social work students. So that would mean the most to me if there's anyone that comes to mind that could maybe benefit from hearing this conversation. Next week, I'll be releasing a solo episode. So keep an eye on Instagram for that or wherever you listen to this podcast. And until we meander together again, I hope you have a great day, everyone.